Welcome into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Jay Zawoski here, and uh, we're coming, we're still basking in the glow of the Blackhawks' first win of the season, which they got over the Edmonton Oilers on Monday night. A little bit more to clean up from that game, some other things I want to get into. We have not spent any time talking about Kirby Doc's two games in Rockford. We're going to do that. The Blackhawks on Tuesday sent out a very exciting press release for longtime Blackhawks fans. I'm going to share that with you and talk to you about that. And we're going to check in on the Central Division. We're going to go behind enemy lines and take a look at how the Central Division's faring uh, so far now about two weeks into the season. So before we do any of that stuff, I want to tell you how to get in touch. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. You can follow my personal account at jzawaski670. That's spelled Z-A-W-A-S-K-I. There you can also follow my Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. There's a new episode of the Madhouse Podcast coming out today, this afternoon, with my partner James Naveau, so you're not going to want to miss that. Make sure you check that out. Subscribe to that as well. Email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. And, of course, the voicemail number 708-653-0572, And before we get into the breakdown, I wanted to share an email I got on Monday. I'm going to try to say this person's name right. It's from Australia. Mikalei Geganosian. Geganosian. Mikalei Geganosian. I think that's right. G-H-E-G-H-E-N-O-Z-I-A-N sent a really nice email uh, telling me how he's caught every episode and how he loves it, and he asked for a shout-out. So there you go, Mikalei. Hopefully I'm saying your name correctly. If I'm not, feel free to correct me, and I'll correct it on the podcast. But, uh, again, if you ever want to email me, LockedOnBlackHawks at gmail.com. So let's get to a little bit more from the game against Edmonton as we've had some time to sort of marinate on the win and uh, take a deep breath, take a step back. You know, looking at that, had they lost that game, having to wait to play until Friday would have been really, really tough. I'm very, very glad they were able to pull that win off on Monday night and just sort of ease the tension for everybody. For me, I'm sure for all the listeners here and for themselves, most importantly, uh, they took the day off of practice on Tuesday. Well-deserved. They'll be back at it today. Um, and I don't know if we're going to get any indication on who's going to start in goal on Friday, but guess what? I'm feeling easy peasy about it now. I'm not stressed about it anymore. No big deal. Whoever they want to start in goal is fine with me. <laughs> so if you missed it, I tweeted on Monday that it was a bad idea to start Corey Crawford. Then Corey Crawford came out on Monday and was the number one star of the game, and deservedly so. He was absolutely awesome. So the other bit of news we're sort of waiting on, and we're going to get to Kirby Doc's time in Rockford, is will he join the team for Friday's game? That to me is a big question because the Hawks play Friday and the Ice Hogs play Friday. The Ice Hogs play the Chicago Wolves. So is that going to be Kirby Doc's last game, last rehab start with the Rockford Ice Hogs, or is he going to join the Blackhawks by then? I wonder if the Hawks are very, now that they've gotten a win, and now that they played such a good and complete game on Monday, if they're really rushing to get Doc in. Maybe they give him one more start in Rockford with the Ice Hogs, and then maybe they bring him in for the next Hawks game. They play Sunday against the Capitals, and then they play Tuesday against the Golden Knights. So there are some opportunities 
to get Doc in there. I wonder if it's going to be on Friday. That would sort of surprise me. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's necessarily the right time yet. I, I've been ready for him since day one. But, um, you know, that's going to be compelling to see how the Blackhawks handle this whole Kirby Doc situation. So, yeah, the, the Wolves are in Rockford uh, on Friday at 7 p.m. So if you're in the Rockford area, go check out Kirby Doc. Maybe he'll still be there. Go check out the Ice Hogs. They are in search of their first win. Um, some other stuff I want to get to. Uh, Drake Kajula, I don't know if I gave enough credit to in the uh, postgame episode Tuesday morning. He was put on that line with Jonathan Taves and Alex Dabrinkit to bring energy and to bring physical play, and he succeeded. I wrote it today for 670 The Score about Drake Kajua's game and how that line was way more effective with him on it. I really like what he's brought, and he's a guy who isn't the most offensively skilled guy in the world, but he reminds me a lot of Andrew Shaw, and I feel like if he can get some more ice time, he could be a guy who can make a difference and be a guy who picks up, you know, 15 goals or so during the course of the year. So when Debrinket, Taves, and Kane were paired together, they had a 52% possession rate in Corsi. That's good. It's not great, but it's good. Without Kajula, Taves and Debrinket have a 36% possession rate. So he's making a difference, and he's got that ability to play with speed, to go into the corners, to win pucks. And I really like the difference he's made, and I want to see him get more ice time. I really think he deserves it. I think he's played well enough to justify it. And, uh, you know, he was, I think he was around 12 minutes or so in the game on Monday. And look, if he's going to be in your top line, give him, I'm not saying give him 20 minutes a night, but give him some top line minutes. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do with some extended ice time. I don't know if you want to mess with the power play too much because it was so good at the end of last year and it really seemed to be clicking, especially that top unit. But look, one thing I've praised Jeremy Calton for in the past has been his willingness to, when things aren't working, to abandon them and start fresh and look for a new angle and look for a new try. So if the power play doesn't start to wow people and it hasn't really been spectacular by any means yet, Maybe give a guy like Drake Kajula a shot on there. He'll go stand in front of a net. He'll go, you know, create some havoc and get in the goalie's face. And and he's also has the ability that when he does that, to put the puck behind the goalie. I need to see more than 12 minutes and six seconds of Drake Kajula. In, in 12 minutes, that's the second lowest total. Uh, I'm sorry, third lowest total after uh, Alex Nylander, who played 820, and Zach Smith, who played 916. Drake Kajula, who's your... First line, air quotes, right wing, 15 shifts, a shot, a missed shot, and four hits. He had a really solid game in his limited time, and the, and the Hawks, that top line with DeBrinkett and Taves is better with him there. So I want to see him play more. I want to see him rewarded for the things he's done so far early on in the season. Is there anything better than a night out seeing your favorite band or your favorite sports team? Whether it's a concert or game, nothing beats being there when it's happening, does it? Vivid Seats is the place for tickets to see all the live events you want to see. You can sort by price or cherry pick the exact seats you want in the section or row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. They have a new loyalty program as well. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. With Vivid Seats Rewards, you can attend the concert or game you want and earn credit towards the next live event 
on your radar. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. You'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so you don't have to worry. You know your transaction's safe. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. It is Locked On Blackhawks on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Jay Zawoski here. Leave me a voicemail, 708-653-0572, or send an email, lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com. First part of the show, I mentioned the Blackhawks special announcement they made on Tuesday afternoon, and this one is pretty exciting to me personally. The Hawks have announced that on Friday, they'll be honoring Stanley Cup hero Dave Boland with one more shift. Not only is it that exciting, Dave Boland is going to be a guest on the podcast this week. We're going to share the interview with you. Looking forward to that. Dave Boland was the first Blackhawk that I had events with, bar events with. I've had events with a lot of them, but Dave Boland was the first guy, and we probably had to do, I would think, like 20 to 25 separate, they're called Bud Light on the Glass uh, events where we would just go to bars, we do a Q&A, then he would sign autographs for a while. We had to do two dozen or so of those throughout his time in Chicago. And uh, Dave's a really good dude. And I really like uh, what he brought to the table as an interview subject, really a thoughtful guy. It took a while for me to sort of crack the shell of Dave Bowen and sort of let him loosen up and, and say what he wanted to say. But once you got him going, he was great. He was funny. He has a real dry, sarcastic sense of humor. And you don't have those Stanley Cups, at least two of them, without Dave Boland. Who could forget 17 seconds? He scores the game-winning goal. He was a thorn in the side of the Vancouver Canucks forever. I'm really excited for this. And I know that sometimes the Hawks can take these cool ideas they have and sort of run them into the ground. But I think one more shift's a really cool thing. For newer fans... Seeing a guy like Dave Bowen back, maybe a name you haven't thought of in a while, right? He was traded after the 2013 Stanley Cup. That last shift of his career as a Blackhawk was the 17 seconds goal. That's the last time he took the ice as a Hawk when he wasn't celebrating. So it'll be cool to see him back. And then for some of the older guys, like when, you know, Tony Esposito does it or Eddie Olchek does it or Chris Chelios does it or whoever, it's cool for the newer fans to learn about the players that came before and who are the guys that laid the foundation for this current era of Blackhawks hockey. And there were some great players, even though they didn't, they hadn't won a Stanley Cup since 1961. You've got guys like Jeremy Roenick and, and Chris Chelios. I know Tony Amani was asked and then declined. I don't know what that was about. But Tony Amante, I think if you walked around the United Center and asked 100 people who's Tony Amante, maybe 60 would know who it is and be able to tell you with any sort of knowledge base aside from, oh, yeah, he's a former Hawk. Tony Amante was a superstar. In the NHL, the problem is home games weren't on TV. No one could see him play. He was a really great player and a great goal scorer and an electrifying goal scorer. And I know a lot of people hated Alexei Zhamnov because he was the guy traded to Chicago for Jeremy Roenick. 
but him and Jamnov had a great chemistry for a long time. Jamnov is not Magic Johnson on skates, which is what the Blackhawks referred to him when they traded for him, but about as good of his number two center as you can have. He played both ends of the ice, solid defender, great playmaker, was not a number one guy by any means, even though the Hawks tried to push him in there. He wasn't, but Jamnov was a good player, and I will die on that hill. I know a lot of people hate him, but Jamnov's a good player. He just wasn't the guy they tried to sell him as when they traded probably the most popular Blackhawk of the last 20 years and Jeremy Roenick in that deal. All right, we talked about Kirby Doc and his time in Rockford. Um, did not show up on the score sheet, um, which I think if you sort of look at it, could be a little disappointing for some people. I understand that. Um, but when you talk to the people that were there and you see the people that were witnessing the game, um, positive, positive. He stood out as one of the better players on the ice. He had two shots on goal in Monday's game against Laval Rockets. Love that team name. Had a couple nice scoring chances. Really struggled at the faceoff dot, which maybe tells me when he does start with the Hawks, maybe he does not play center. I would put him there. I would put him at center. Just let him learn his job on the job. You drafted him to be a center. Let him struggle as a center. Jonathan Taves' rookie year was not good at faceoffs, and he just worked his ass off and got better at it. They didn't take Jonathan Taves and say, go play right wing. No. They said, you're a center. Play center. You'll figure it out. You'll get better. And he did. And Taves was the number three overall pick, and so was Kirby Doc. So I'm not, you know, if you're going to play him this year, play him in the role you intend him to develop into. But uh, Mario Tirabasi, who writes for The Rink and uh, some other places, Stadium, he works for Stadium as well, um, he details the defensive play, saying Doc got back to cover on defense and knocked a puck out of midair to break up a two-on-one. He has shown, and I saw, I was watching on AHL TV, you can see that he's committed to playing in all, in all four zones. That won't be an issue. He's already got the NHL size. He's already got the NHL body. We've seen him in the limited look we've had of him since he's joined the organization. Tremendous in traffic. Really, really good in traffic. Greg Boyson, who we had on the podcast last week to preview the Ice Hog season, talks about Doc's awareness. This from a tweet at Greg Boyson. Doc's awareness on the ice is impressive. He just went to the slot and with a stick on the ice, broke up a pass that would have led to a scoring chance for Laval. See, all these things where you're learning about defensive impressive plays from Doc, that's great. We know the offense is going to be there. It might not come out, it might not fully unveil itself in his first year and his first shift or whatever, but the offense is going to be a problem. It's the other parts of the game that are always a challenge for young players. And yes, it's Rockford. And it's not the same as the NHL, but he's doing it against professional players and a lot of players that could and have played in the NHL before. So to me, it's really encouraging. Yes, you would have liked to see him score five goals in two games and set the world on fire. But from all reports, aside from his struggles at the faceoff dot, Kirby Doc looked very much the part in his time in Rockford and will be back with the Blackhawks very, very soon. Maybe it's Friday, maybe it's Sunday, who knows, but Doc is on his way. On a low news Wednesday, let's go behind 
enemy lines. Let's take a look at how the Central Division is going so far. And keep in mind, this podcast was recorded on Tuesday night, so a couple of these teams had games Tuesday, so they're not necessarily accurate records, but it's still a good look at how the Central's doing. On top of the Western Conference Central Division are the Colorado Avalanche. They're 5-0. and They face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Miko Rantanen is their leading scorer with four goals, five assists, and nine points. Nathan McKinnon right there behind him with two goals, six assists for eight points. They played on Monday against the Washington Capitals in the afternoon in Washington and were up 4 nothing before the first TV timeout took place. They are a supercharged offensive team. They can defend as well. That is a good team. We talked about it in the first week of this podcast that they're the favorite in the Western Conference, and they've not disappointed with the start of their season so far. Again, 5-0, and they're up against the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. That is the Wednesday night matchup, by the way, on NBC Sportsnet, so check that out. That's going to be a really good game to watch. In second place, the St. Louis Blues, they are 3-1-2. and They face off against Vancouver on Thursday. Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly both tied with seven points. Shen has five goals and two assists. O'Reilly has one goal and six assists. So the defending Stanley Cup champions off to a pretty good start. Winnipeg, who a lot of people thought was going to have a tough time getting things together this year, they have held it together. They're 4-3-0. and they, play, they played Tuesday night against the Coyotes. Don't have that result in this podcast yet. Patrick Laine leads them in scoring three goals, eight assists, 11 points, and Mark Shifley, three goals, seven assists, 10 points. So they, those two are lighting it up. Mark Shifley had two goals against the Hawks on Saturday, including the overtime winner. Nashville is in fourth place. They're 3-2-0. They also played last night in Vegas. Matt Duchesne leads them in scoring two goals, seven assists for nine points. And Philip Forsberg, four goals, three assists, seven points. The Blackhawks are in fifth place, one, two, and one, as we know. They next play on Friday. Patrick Kane leading the way, two goals, three assists, five points. Brandon Saad, Dylan Strom, and Eric Gustafson all tied with three points behind him. Dallas, who I was convincing myself would be the Stanley Cup champions this year. Not so far. They are one, five, and one. They play Wednesday night at Columbus. Rupe Hintz, or is it Heinz? He's got four goals, one assist for five points. And uh, Janmark, one goal, three assists for four points. And then the Minnesota Wild, they're 1-4-0. They played Toronto last night. Brad Hunt with two goals and two assists for four points. Ryan Suter has a goal and two assists for three, as does Jared Spurgeon. So the Wild and Stars off to slow starts. And, uh, you know, we weren't thrilled with how the Hawks were doing, but they've got more points and fewer games than those two teams. The Wild, not a lot of expectations for them this year, and uh, there shouldn't be because they're not a very good team. Um, you know, Matt Zuccarello will help them a little bit, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad for the Wild. They've done everything pretty well, right? They they were able to sign two major free agents in Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter years ago. They've been competitive. They've made coaching changes when they've had to. They've brought in coaches that seemingly know what they're doing. They just can't figure it out. It's just, I don't know, it's got to be frustrating to be a Wild fan. They also were probably their best when the Blackhawks were at their best too, and that was tough. They ran into the Blackhawks buzzsaw several times, as we all remember, 
So that that that's tough. That's a tough thing to overcome uh, as the Minnesota Wild. And now they're sort of, you know, Parise and Suter are older. Suter's still pretty effective. Like I said, he's second on their team in scoring, only three points, but he's still an effective player. And Parise, when he's healthy, is good. But I don't know. I, I just feel like they sort of missed the boat and they got good at the wrong time because the Blackhawks were really, really good then too. You can say the same thing about the Vancouver Canucks who had awesome teams but could not win the Stanley Cup because they faced the Blackhawks every year and they just had their number. Those Canucks teams, I'm writing a book. I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast, but I'm writing a book called The Big 50, uh, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, and I'm writing my chapter now about the Hawks and Canucks rivalry. You forget, those teams were stacked as hell, and the Hawks just had their way with them. (laughs) year after year after year. And I know the Chris Campoli moment, we won't bring that up, and the Canucks got all the way to the cup final that year and lost. So there's a lot of teams that had really good rosters that the Blackhawks just rolled right through and never got a real chance to uh, to hoist the Stanley Cup because of their confrontations with the Blackhawks. All right, that's going to wrap things up. So again, this week we've got a lot coming up. Um, we're going to talk to Brian Hedger, who used to write for the Blackhawks uh, with NHL.com. He's now covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're going to have that interview for you on Friday morning. I want to go and take a look at how Henry Yokoharu is faring. We're going to talk to Joe DiBiase of the um, Locked on Sabres podcast later this week just to see how Yokoharu is done. We can look at the numbers all we want, but unless you know someone who's seen him every single game, uh, it's hard to really get a scouting report. And like I said, David Boland, uh, I'll play an interview with him on the podcast this week as well. So a very, very busy week. Of course, the Hawks play again against Columbus on Friday. So there's going to be a lot to get to. Thanks for joining me on this less newsy uh, edition of Locked on Blackhawks. Also on Thursday, we're going to do three-star Thursdays where we pick the three stars of the week so far. We'll go back to all the Hawks games and just sort of add it all up and say who have been the most impressive Hawks through four games. So that'll be on Thursday as well. So look forward to that. Uh, In the meantime, Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. We need those subscribers. That's what helps our numbers the most. But again, tell a friend. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Pocket Cast. We're on Stitcher. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you will find Lockdown Blackhawks and the Lockdown Podcast Network. So let people know. If you know a Hawk fan or a hockey fan, maybe you know a fan of the Sabres. Tell them about Lockdown Sabres. There's going to be very soon a team, a podcast for every team in the, in the National Hockey League. They already have the entire NFL covered, the entire NBA covered. I know Major League Baseball is mostly covered. So check out the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is your team every day, no matter who your team is. And if you have more than one, chances are there's a podcast for them too. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you on Thursday morning. This is Jay Zawoski on Lockdown Blackhawks on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.